expect the unexpected. Uh, as we went into 2020, uh, in fact, a year ago, we were planning a series for uh, 2020 called Vision 2020, uh, that we were going to uh, explain to you the direction and the vision of the church and where we're headed and all of this, and a lot of good that did us, right? We, we've done like, we, we have not accomplished our goals this year. We've made new goals this year, but we have not accomplished what we set out to accomplish uh, back in December of 2019. And so here we are, we, we find ourselves in this unexpected time, and that's really kind of the dynamics of how Jesus entered into the world, right? I mean, you, we, we find that, that when Jesus came to this earth, he came in an unexpected way, so much so that people rejected him. They were waiting for a Messiah, and yet he, because he didn't enter into the world the way that they thought he should enter in as a king and in all of his majesty that, that they rejected him as their Messiah. And I wonder if at times when things don't work out the way that we want them to work out, when, uh, when, we, when we have all of our, our plans and, and our future figured out and when things don't end up taking place like we would like or like we think that they should, uh, that we begin to blame God or we, re- we reject him in that sense in our own lives. And so, uh, you know, I was thinking about 2021 and how it's a uh, detailed planner's nightmare. Uh, we can't plan anything for 2021, right? We're uh, in the summer of 2021 is, is going to be 14 years for us to be here. And, uh, and it's in our 14th year that uh, we will be taking uh, a little bit of an extended sabbatical, and, uh, and so we're trying to plan for that, but you can't plan anything. Any flight you book, you've got to, it's got to be cancelable. Any hotel or any, I mean, every, everything has to be cancelable. It's kind of a cancel culture, actually. <laughs> uh, too soon. Um, so this Advent season, this this time that ushers in Christmas is really all about the anticipation and the longing for God to begin to reveal his plan and his purpose for the world. And so expect the unexpected is really about God's miraculous entry into our world, not just 2,000 years ago, but into our everyday lives. See, I I think at times what happens is we, um, we don't expect that God's going to move in our everyday life. We often believe that he has moved in people's lives or he has done the miraculous and has transformed everyone else's lives. But rarely in our own personal lives do we expect that he's actually going to make a difference in our life. How many of you are listening to Christmas carols right now? Let's just take a little poll. Okay, there's quite a few of you listening to them, and uh, you know, Christmas carols are, are amazing, right? Uh, there's a radio station here, I think, that in San Antonio that's um, playing Christmas carols prior to Thanksgiving, and as you know, uh, if you've been here the last few weeks, how I feel about decorating before Thanksgiving, I feel the same way about listening to carols before Thanksgiving. Uh, so, But the day after Thanksgiving, it's fair game, and 
Uh, and so I don't know if you guys have ever, I'm a lyrics guy. I can't sing. My wife got blessed with that. I can't sing. Uh, so I'm a lyrics person. I, I want to know what it is that I'm singing. Not that she doesn't, but, but if you, have you ever listened to some of the Christmas carols? They're, they're kind of odd. Uh, they're, they're a little weird. Like what, I don't want to ruin Christmas carols for you this morning, but I'm going to kind of poke fun a little bit. Think about We Wish You a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Yeah, it starts out amazing. You can picture it, right? You can picture someone knocking on the door and carolers singing, we wish you a Merry Christmas. But then it gets weird. Then it goes into, now Now that we've saying we wish you a Merry Christmas, now we want you to offer us some figgy pudding. And turns out figgy pudding is like an all-spice cake thing. And, and so it says, now bring us some figgy pudding. Now bring us some figgy pudding. And then it gets even weirder, and it says, and we're not leaving until you bring us some figgy pudding. And, and we're, it's now what kind of started out as this amazing Christmas carol uh, is now a hostage negotiation where, where we're not leaving until we get the figgy pudding. And then it's not just secular songs um, that have a little bit of strangeness. The song, Do You Hear What I Hear? Said the little lamb to the shepherd boy, Do you hear what I hear? No. <laughs> no, no, no. The, if you hear the sheep speaking to you, you've been in the fields way too long. It goes on and says, a child, a child shivering in the cold, let us bring him silver and gold. How about a blanket? You know, maybe you see a little child, they're shivering. Here's a lump of gold for you. No, like, anyways. Carols are beautiful. They're great. There's some of these carols that I appreciate more than others. There are some that just speak these little they plant these seeds of truth into the Christmas story. The songs that I love the most and the, the ones that I'm the most drawn to don't just kind of retell the story. They invite us into the story. And, and one of those carols is O Holy Night. It's one of my favorite carols. We sing it uh, every year at our Christmas Eve service uh, during the candle lighting. And, and, and the lyrics of O Holy Night, uh, the stars are brightly shining. It's It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. The world's under this weightiness, right? This heaviness from the shackles of sin until he appeared and the soul felt its worth. I love that line that every single one of us, even those, even you guys watching online, every one of us have worth. We are valued by our Heavenly Father. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn, that it's because of the birth of Jesus Christ that every morning is a new day. It's a new day of his grace and his favor over our lives. The, the carols that we, that we sing invite us into a story about a God that is so personal, That he wants to be not just the creator of the universe, he wants to be God with us, as we sang earlier. He wants to be present in our lives. 
So the question for us as we go into this series is, are we expecting that the God of the universe would actually be present in our everyday life? Are we expecting him to want to be in relationship with us? I think one of the things that maybe we, we don't expect very often, and this is something that we've been uh, talking a lot about at our prayer time on Saturday, is, is oftentimes we don't expect that God's going to speak to us. And because we have such a, a, a personal God, Unlike any other God that is distant and, and out there, our God is a personal God. He is the one who actually wants to be in relationship and to speak to us. Dallas Willard put it like this. He says, if God doesn't speak today, then the greatest disservice we could ever do to people is to tell them that they could have a personal relationship with God. That, that if if he's not speaking to us, then that isn't a personal relationship. That isn't a personal God. So as we focus our attention to this first week of this series in an unexpected love, we are mindful that our God loves us so much that he actually wants to have relationship with us. And he actually wants to speak to you. And my prayer for you this morning is that you would allow him to do that. That whatever noise is, is going on in your life, that you would be able to, to set all of that aside and that you would allow the Lord to speak to you today. In John chapter 10, verse 3 through 5, it says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. If you're uh, trying to figure out who's who in the story, he's the shepherd. <laughs> We're the sheep. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. This morning, I want to give you kind of this picture of the why and the how that our Heavenly Father would want to speak to us. That in an unexpected way, in, in such an unexpected love towards us, that He wants to speak to us, not just in formal moments of, uh, of church or of a prayer meeting, but He wants to speak to us in every aspect of our life, in every detail of our life. I want to give you the why he does this and the how he does it as well. God is calling us to a dynamic where, where we put off the voices that we hear, the noise of this world, and we begin to hear the voice of God. One of the challenges, though, I think, is that there, there's at times a feeling that we, we're not necessarily worthy of that. That we were almost uncomfortable coming into his presence and listening to him because of what's gone on in our life. And I just want to encourage you this morning that you have worth, you have value, and he wants that personal relationship with you. In Matthew 1, 23, and this is the why. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That he's going to have a distinct characteristic. That he isn't distant. He isn't sitting up there judging us and, and, and trying to squish us little ants down here. He's 
actually wanting to have relationship with us. So, the why, he, God speaks to us to facilitate friendship. And, and I recognize in saying that, that seems a little interesting. It's, I was going to say it seems odd, but it's not really odd. It's just, it's hard to comprehend how our God wants to have a friendship with us. Even to the point that we kind of are, uh, we're like, I don't know, like, I, I like God there. I don't know if I want him sitting next to me at work. I don't know if I want him sitting at my dinner table as I'm yelling at my kids. <laughs> like, like, but he actually wants to have friendship with you. And I, I can show you an example of this in Exodus 33, 11. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Now, what happens oftentimes is as, as we go into a season of prayer coming up in January here, um, I find that people who are new into a relationship with Jesus or people who are even new to praying can feel a bit insecure about this. They can find themselves really uh, wanting to sound very competent in their prayer. They, there's a saying that's called waxing eloquently, right? They want to, it's almost like if I'm going to pray out loud, I've got to pray in the King James language. And, and it's just important to note that, that God is not British. Like, it, it's, he's not. And, and so it, we, it, we don't have to wax eloquently. He wants you to come into his presence as a friend, Someone who just, as you would talk to uh, your, your friend, he wants you to speak to him. And I think we, we, we formalize this relationship so much, and, uh, and it's, it's the picture that I have is, uh, is a, a young child just crawling up onto his dad's lap and sharing with him about the day. He also, God also speaks to give us guidance. So he, he speaks to facilitate friendship, but he speaks to give guidance. He sees danger in our lives, things that we're unaware of. He sees roads that we shouldn't take, decisions that we shouldn't make. If, if, if God is guiding us in a direction that takes us out of our current trajectory, our current course, uh, it's, that's going to be a little painful. It's going to be difficult for us. Because if we're headed in a direction, we think that's the right direction. And when he steers us off of that course into his direction, into his ways and his will for our life, that can at times be painful, but he's a good father that wants to help you and he knows better than we do. And so he also speaks to provide perspective. That he has a perspective that you and I don't currently have. That not everything that we see in the natural realm is actually what's going on. God has, has both perspectives of that. And I think that God would love to, to show us some things in the supernatural that maybe we would not expect. 2 Corinthians 5.7 says, For we walk by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We walk by faith, not by sight. We want to put listening ahead of looking. That, that Maybe this world that we see isn't quite what we think that it is. 
Maybe Jesus is actually working and moving in this world more than we recognize. There was a story, I was debating on whether I was going to tell this story, but it, it kind of illustrates this idea. Uh, there's a story of the Wisconsin Badgers, the football team. Uh, they've uh, been good, they've been bad, but when they were bad, uh, their stadium was filled with fans, and, uh, and during the, the football game, they, the Badgers were playing really poorly, and yet all of the fans, whenever they would make a bad play, all of the fans would cheer as though they were doing an amazing job. And almost to the point at which the players on the field uh, were getting confused. They didn't understand why everybody was, was cheering. And the story goes that there was actually a Milwaukee Brewers game going on at the exact same time. And everyone was listening to the baseball game while the football game was going on. And whenever they would score a run, all of the audience would cheer about the baseball game not having anything to do with the football game. They were, here's the picture that I want you to see, is that, that even though they were looking at defeat, they were listening to victory. And I wonder if we were to go through our life even though we look around this world that we live in and sometimes it feels very defeating, are we listening to victory? Are we listening to our Heavenly Father who is saying, no, you are more than conquerors? God would love all of us to respond to what we are hearing from Him, not what we're seeing in this world. That in the middle of all of the junk that's going on in all of the chaos of this world, that Lifehouse, we would be a people who are so in tune to the, to the voice of our Heavenly Father that we would be agents of change in this world, that we would be, as we learned about in the Beatitudes and in the Sermon on the Mount, that we would actually be salt and light, not because we are but not because of what we see, but because of what we hear him speaking to us. So that's why he speaks, but what does it actually look like when he does speak to us? You know, I get this question all the time, like, uh, you know, what are you waiting to hear? Are you waiting to hear this audible voice of God? Are you waiting for the handwriting on the wall? Uh, are you waiting for him to... Uh, to speak to you through his word. And I would just say that God speaks in a lot of different ways. If you do a study on, on the voice of God and, and how God speaks to us, he speaks to us through uh, pain. He speaks to us through uh, loss in different difficult circumstances. He, uh, he speaks to us through other people, through prophetic words. He, he speaks to us in a myriad of different ways. But I want, to, I want us to take a look this morning at maybe an unexpected way that he speaks to us. This, this gentle nudging and prompting that takes place. In 1 Kings chapter 18, there's the story of Elijah. and He is just done uh, defeating the prophets of Baal. You've probably heard a message on it, and uh, it's a pretty famous chapter, but what we sometimes, we, we like that story because it's victorious and, and all of that. But then the next chapter, the very next chapter, Elijah's feeling a little depressed. He's feeling down. 
And in verse 11, it says, The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Some translations say a still, small voice. See, how God speaks to us is, takes place in a lot of different ways. And there are some people that actually believe that God doesn't speak to us anymore, that, uh, that the, the Bible is the definitive final word of God, and, and that's how he speaks to us now. And, and I would just say, well, that is a way in which he speaks to us, but he continues to speak to his children. We see this all throughout Scripture. In Romans chapter 8, it says, The Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our heart and tells us that we are God's children. That I think at times we are waiting for some roar, some fire from heaven, or some earthquake, earth-shattering thing. And, and I think how God speaks to us is he just whispers to us a still, in a still, small voice. He whispers encouragement. Deep in our heart, he tells us that we are his children, that he loves us, that he cares about us. In Isaiah 55, verse 3, in the message paraphrase, it says, Pay attention. Come close now. Listen carefully to my life-giving, life-nourishing words. I'm making a lasting covenant, a commitment with you. It's the, it's the same that I made with David. It's sure, it's solid, and it's an enduring love. Can I just tell you this morning, sometimes, I, uh, sometimes it's, it's a preaching message, and then sometimes I feel like the Lord just says, I, I want encur- to encourage people today. We had prayer yesterday. We were, I was listening to someone pray, and uh, in the midst of their prayer, they were just saying, we're tired, Lord. And can I just encourage you today that, that you are valued and loved by your Heavenly Father. And he knows that you're tired. He knows that, that, that this year has been a difficult year. You know, we'll put some perspective into it. Uh, but, but that it's been difficult on us. He loves us. And he's saying to you that you are his child. You are his son. You are his daughter. That, that he loves you. He's proud of you. You say, well, how could he be proud of me in, in the midst of all of the poor decisions and all of this stuff? I'm not saying he's in agreement with maybe bad decisions, but he loves you and he cares about you and he is proud of you. He sees who you can be. So he whispers to us these words of encouragement, right? He, he gives us these these encouragements, but he also whispers warnings to us. The Bible doesn't use this exact phrase, this that he whispers warning, uh, or, or it doesn't use that exact phrase, but I'll just use a little bit of kind of the Christianese that if you've been around the church for very long, you've probably heard this statement where someone will say, I just got a check in my spirit. Have you ever heard that phrase? Like, I just got a check in my spirit, and and what that's saying is that, what that person is saying is really the Holy Spirit is issuing and whispering a warning to me. 
In Acts chapter 16, it says, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. This seems so odd to me because they were going to a place to preach the gospel, to preach the message, and yet the Holy Spirit is whispering to them a warning. I know you think this is a good thing. I know you think that it would be good to go and preach there, but you need to know that if you go there, you're going to die. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Sometimes we just need to hear that there may be things and decisions in our life that may seem like a very good thing. But if we're not in tune to the, to the voice of the Lord, there are times at which he may want to just whisper a gentle warning to us. Isaiah 30, 21 says, Whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. He also whispers to us some direction. I don't pretend to know where the direction is for your life, but I do know this. I know that I can lead you to a relationship with the one who does. That we have a Heavenly Father who wants to lead and guide us, to, to pave for us the path, the direction of this life that we are living in Luke chapter 2, it says, We were moved by the Spirit, or moved by the Spirit. Uh, Jesus went into the temple courts. In Acts chapter 20, verse 22, it says, And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. Sometimes the Lord, just in, our, in his whispering direction of our life, he says, I want you to slow down. This is a season where you're going to slow down. Sometimes he wants us to, to go to work. Sometimes he wants us to say, listen, you've been slowed down too long. You know, I want you to get out there. I want you to be salt and light to the world that I love. He whispers direction, and then he also whispers dreams for us. In Job chapter 33, it says, For God speaks again and again. He speaks in dreams, in visions of the night. I've never had a vision of the night my vision, my dreams at night are typically me falling uh, or uh, standing up front in my underwear or, you know, like that's my dreams. But some people have dreams that are from God and they, and in these dreams, as we see throughout scripture where God shows up again and again, they are oftentimes very prophetic in nature and he appears to people in dreams. Uh, we have someone in our church who, uh, who was not a follower of Jesus, and Jesus showed up to him in a dream, and it transformed his life. In Acts chapter 2, it says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. And he says, and this is what happens. When he pours out his Spirit on us, he says, Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Maybe that's the problem. I'm just not old enough. He wants to speak to us. See, one of the unexpected things about his love for us is we go through life in the busyness of this world. And we're so busy with everything else that we don't stop for a moment and just listen to what it is that he's whispering to us. 
our response to this is to this unexpected love ought to be uh, as Samuel says, as God is speaking to Samuel, he says, uh, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So, my question for all of us is are we listening? Are we listening to the voice of God that, that in an unexpected way, he wants to do something transformational in your life? I think if we are open to hear his voice, we have to then be open to respond to it. We have to be even eager to respond to it. When we experience his unexpected love, we can, in turn, when we hear his still small voice in our life, when we are going about our everyday lives, when we leave this place and and walk into the rest of our life, that we can now, because of his unexpected love, because of how much he is, we have tuned our ears to his voice, we can begin to show unexpected love to other people. There are moments and times, I, I reference them often, these divine moments where I believe God wants to actually use you to make a difference in someone's life. That God wants to use you to speak words of life and hope into a world that is full of darkness. But if we're not listening, if we're not in tune with that still small voice, that whisper, my fear is that we'll miss it. We'll miss the divine moment. In a world of seven billion people or whatever the number is, that our God actually cares about the waitress at the restaurant that you're going to go sit at after church today. That he cares about your neighbor who maybe hasn't gone out through this whole COVID process. That, that he actually cares about us individually. That in a sea of seven billion people, you are his son and daughter. And he wants to speak to you. And he wants to guide you. At times he wants to warn us. He wants to encourage us. And he wants to give us direction. But are we willing to listen to his voice? Are we willing to go into those circumstances, those situations in our life, and say, God, I know you want to do something through me today. I know that this day is not just a waste of of my breath, that there's an opportunity for me to speak life, to encourage, to pray for healing. You never know that moment in which God wants to speak and whisper into your ear and say, I want you to say something to them. I want you to ask them how their day's going. I want you to pray for that person. When we do that, that's salt and light. That's what it looks like. When we take the kingdom of God, that, that his ways on, in heaven now begun, begin to be implemented here on earth. 
that we are then ambassadors to a world that is just desperately seeking some sort of hope in life. And we have it. We just got to hear him speak it to us. Let's pray.